Well, I have a couple uh, wonderful blessings to celebrate this morning. The first is we're receiving a transfer of a new member, Mr. Les uh, Wilwarding. And uh, because uh, Les belonged to uh, a Napark church and was a member in good standing, um, we accept it. Uh, I met with him. The elders approved it. But we are just delighted to have him. He is a mighty man of God. And I encourage you, if you don't know him, to get to know him uh, better. He is a precious brother, a resource that, that I've uh, marveled at the wisdom he has. So make sure you give him the right hand of fellowship. We don't really do the holy kissing thing. The right hand of fellowship, I think, will suffice. But he is a dear brother, and we are thankful uh, to have him. Well, next, we also have a holy baptism and uh, profession of faith of Mr. Gabe Cota. Let me invite you to come up, uh, Gabe. Well, dear people of God, today we're privileged to welcome this dear young man into the full life and communion of Christ's church and into his local body here at Redeemer Presbyterian Church. And we praise our Lord for the grace of God in Christ Jesus that has made Gabe want to publicly profess his faith. And it's been a genuine delight to my own soul to get to know Gabe, to hear his commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, his love for the word, love for the church, love for theology. And I have no doubt it'll be a delight for all the saints at Redeemer to continue seeing him growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. So... Mr. Gabe Cota, you have made it known that you desired to profess Christ publicly. So here in the presence of Almighty God and his church, you're asked to give your assent to the following declarations and promises with the knowledge that you're entering into a solemn covenant with God. Now, there are five questions, and we went over these extensively, so I'm going to read them, and then he'll give his assent uh, if he's so inclined. First, do you acknowledge yourself to be a sinner in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure and without hope, except in his sovereign mercy? And then second, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God, Savior of sinners, and do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he's freely offered in the gospel? Third, do you resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you'll endeavor to live as becomes a follower of Christ? Fourth, do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? And then fifth, do you submit yourself to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? So how do you respond? I do. And I charge you, as a man of God, that by the diligent use of the means of grace and with the assurance of your God to continue in the profession that you've just made. And dear congregation, I charge you to love this godly young man, to encourage him, to pray for him, that he might continue to grow up into Christian maturity. With those charges Having been given, I have the opportunity to give you the right hand of fellowship. Brother. No. Now, as we prepare to be covenant witnesses to this brother's baptism, let me ask you again to grab your hymnal.
Grab your hymnal and turn to page 883. It's the Heidelberg Catechism. We're going to read question and answer 69 and 70, and then skip over and read 72. Page 883, question 69. I'm going to read the question and the answer, but you can follow along, please. How does holy baptism remind and assure you that Christ's one sacrifice on the cross benefits you personally in this way? Christ instituted this outward washing and with it promised that as surely as water washes away the dirt from the body, so certainly his blood and his spirit wash away my soul's impurity, that is, all my sins. Question 70. What does it mean to be washed with Christ's blood and spirit? To be washed with Christ's blood means that God, by grace, has forgiven our sins because of Christ's blood poured out for us in his sacrifice on the cross. And skip over to question 72. It's on the other page. Does this outward washing with water itself wash away sins? No. Only Jesus Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit cleanse us from all our sins. So let's start with this. Fundamentally, Christian baptism signifies union with Christ, of being one with Christ. And, and baptism is a sign and a seal of that union. It's a sign of our participation in his death, burial, and resurrection. It, it's a visible sign that, that we live with Christ, that we're built on Christ the rock, that we're rooted in Christ the vine, that we share in Christ's status and privileges, that we enjoy his inheritance. And all this is by virtue of being united to Christ. And so baptism is a sign that points to those spiritual realities. And baptism is also a seal. That is, it authenticates God's promises to Gabe. It's to confirm and assure the recipient of baptism that by faith in Christ, God certainly receives them into his family. And specifically, we need to know that the baptismal waters point to the washing away of our sin. The Heidelberger captures this wonderfully. As surely as water washes away the dirt from the body, so certainly his blood and his spirit wash away my soul's impurity. That is, all my sins. And that way, you see, the biblical language of baptism is as close as possible to what it represents. Water washes away dirt. Christ's blood, praise God, washes away our sin. But the catechism is very helpful, especially in question uh, 72, because it keeps us from plummeting into an error by reminding us that the sign and seal is not the reality of the promise, right? It tells us only Jesus Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit can cleanse us from sin. And let me mention something here that's important. We, we want, when we think about baptism and the sacraments in general, we want to avoid two errors, what Calvin would call the errors of mirage and magic, what happens in a sacrament is not a mirage. This is not a pretend blessing. Baptism is a sacrament, and it's a means of grace. But neither is it magic. Baptism does not convey regeneration. It's a pledge to the recipient that in Christ, 
they're forgiven, they're renewed. And God's promises are signed and sealed to them. Now, of course, Christian baptism is Trinitarian. Trinitarian. We baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the name of God the Father signifies our assurance that he makes an everlasting covenant of grace with us and adopts us as his children. Baptism in the name of his Son signifies our assurance that the blood of Christ really does cleanse us from all our sins. And baptism in the name of the Holy Spirit signifies our assurance that the Spirit of God will make his home within us. And while living within us, the Spirit will continually work to strengthen and deepen our union with Christ. So, do you have all that? Well, Gabe, having made a good and sincere profession of faith, it is a great joy and blessing uh, to be able uh, to baptize you. Mr. Gabe Coda, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen, brother. Let's pray for this, this young man. Father, we thank you for your blessing and mercy to us. We thank you for that you have given us this sign, this, this tangible sign and seal to remind us of a glorious spiritual reality that the blood of Christ washes away our sin. Be with him, strengthen this dear man, help him to reflect on his baptism, uh, to see it as, as something to meditate upon and always to drive him back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. Well, what a joy.